Welcome to episode 46 of the Jay Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, Jay Bunny. Uh, well, guys, another week, another new episode recorded on Skype uh, with, a, with another musician. This time, Daniel Kremsner, the vocalist and guitarist of the band Psycho Village. I wanted to say this is the first time that I had anybody on the show that was in another country, but that's not true because the first time that I did the music and wrestling roundtable, uh, Jason Cantwell was up in Canada. So so this is the first episode where I've had somebody from another country across the ocean because you know, Canada's attached to the U.S. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I really, this is another great interview. I mean, I don't think that I've had a, had a had a bad one yet, honestly, in all of the times that I've had this show. So that's something to be thankful for. But uh, you know, we had a good time on this on this interview. We had a, after wrapping up this, the questions that I had written, still had had a uh, bit of a longer conversation with uh, with a couple things off the cuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, you know, check it out. Let me know. Without further ado. Here's Daniel. What's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm once again at home, once again on Skype. Not drinking any Ghost Hawk beer right now because it's too early in the day. It's kind of frowned upon to drink before noon, but Ghost Hawk is still awesome, and you should check them out. Joining me today is Daniel Kremsner, the vocalist from the band Psycho Village. How's it going, Daniel? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, because your your band is from Austria, so where are you in Austria right now, or are you like where did you end up with all of this lockdown stuff uh we did make it back home to vienna um it was a bit of a, of a hassle going back home or getting back home because uh, we were we were in ireland when we flew back and then we flew back to vienna but then uh because we're touring uh, with the calling and we're touring in a big double decker uh, tour bus the tour bus we usually tour with was parked at a bus company in northern germany so once we got back from to vienna i actually had to fly to the netherlands because uh, that was the closest airport to where a bus was parking and then try to get the bus back and then drive the bus two two days actually back home so that was a little nightmare story to get back home from ireland and get our bus and our gear back Wow, I've never been out of the country. So, how is the coronavirus in in Austria? Are you guys doing okay? Or yeah, it's all right. We have like less than seven hundred cases, I think, and everything's pretty, ba- pretty much back to normal, except no shows, no concerts, no big gatherings. But you know, restaurants just opened one and a half weeks ago, and yeah, it's slowly, slowly starting to get back to normal. I think they're you know, opening pools and any any attraction things within the next month. So we're lucky we, 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 we didn't get hit too hard and hopefully everything should be kind of back to normal by September, October. Well, that's 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 good to hear. Now, as far as your band goes, you know, and, and kind of the reason we're here, uh, your band has only recently come to my attention. So can you tell me a bit about how the band formed? Um, sure. So um, I founded the band back in 2009 uh, when I was 15, you know, just started doing covers and that the stuff you usually do when you're 15 and writing first songs and then playing shows locally in and around Vienna. And in 2013, I actually started touring and started working actually back in 2012 uh, with a producer called uh, René Eldemann, who's worked with a ver- variety of big um, European artists and, you know, played bass for Jim Marshall and, you know, big names in the industry also you know, in the US, produced the first single uh, called It's Okay, which is also on the new record, because that's the international release, and we've never released it internationally, and it did very well. It went top 10 on iTunes in Austria and actually charted on the official single charts. 
Then we put out an EP in 2014 called Self-Made Fairy Tale. Also had a top 10 charting single on the Austrian charts and big radio success luckily there. Toured the country for like a year, one and a half, released the same EP in Germany, toured that for another year in Germany, and then started getting our first big international tours in, in all over Europe and all over the UK. And actually did one of the first ever big tours with uh, Nothing More from the US uh, in 2017. And then toured with lots and lots of cool bands, lots of bands we always looked up to, including Puddle of Mud, The Calling, Sick Puppies, Saving Abel. So many cool and big uh, American bands and had a chance to tour with them for the past pretty much three, three and a half years. And it took a while to finish this record because we were on the road so much and touring so much. But finally, uh, it's out now. It was released back in late September last year in Europe and now I think four weeks ago in the United States. And yeah, we're very excited for everyone to hear it. That's fantastic. And as far as the band name, Psycho Village, how, how did you come up with that? Well, A, I was 14 or 15 years and didn't think too much about band names and what you know what you might think about them when you're 25 or older. But <laughs> I, I still think it's a, it's a cool name. You, it's easy to Google. That's, that's always a good thing. And kind of the backstory to that was when we had started discussing about finding the band and obviously looking for names and st stuff like that, my parents' house, also where we rehearse to this day, is like 10, 15 minutes outside of Vienna. So it's it's pretty much Vienna, but it's it's in the countryside. Uh -huh. um, and a small village with like less than a thousand people living there. And there were lots of like civil or private police cars driving around and, you know, kind of investigating houses. And we, we had this car standing in front of a house or in, in our street, not in front of our very house, but, you know, close enough to see it. And my grandma at some point walked out to them and was like, who are you? Because you've been standing there for the past three days and you're sitting in a car and this, you're, you're not from here because, you know, everyone knows each other. And they were like, yeah, we're we're civil police car and we think there's like drug deals going on which is completely silly because you know with like eight and nine hundred people living in that in that village and like seven it's like a retirement kind of thing and families with children living there so there's there were barely even any teenagers you know so any drug things going on was just unheard of and not gonna be the thing and you know that's how the whole psycho village thing came about all right and you mentioned that the you know the the new album was released through uh, Pavement in the U.S. about a month ago. Uh, yeah. How did your relationship with uh, with Pavement come about? Um, we were touring with Saving Able in 2018, and the second or third show, their bass player Scott, literally before he walked on stage, because we were main support, and then you know, 20 minutes change And he, he watched he watched our set for the first time that tour, and it was like the second or third show. And he walked up to me, and he's like, "You know, man, we got to talk after after I finish playing." I was like, "Well, either that's really really bad or really good." Luckily, it was really good. So he he really liked the set, and he really liked the sound of the band, and he put us in touch with Tim um, of Soil and Pavement, and yeah. We started negotiations and shortly after we signed a deal uh, in Chicago and that's that's how that whole journey started. All right. All right. I've actually had uh, I've had Scott on the show before. He's a great dude. Yeah, he's a real he's a really nice guy. So in in the some of the material I received about about the band, it said that the record is about gaining strength from any source of negativity, pushing through and never giving up. And I was just sort of wondering if you could tell me a bit about maybe some events in your life that may have uh, inspired this mantra for the album uh yeah absolutely so basically the title track unstoppable as well as the album has a very deep and meaningful message to all of us and that's what i tell the audience every show we play before we play unstoppable so 
you know, we've we had to dig through a lot of shit going on through the past years through touring. We've uh, had many. We're infamous for bus breakdowns, and and we had a bus on fire twice. We had windows break. We had a huge car accident touring with Puddle of Mud. A car tried to overtake us, started spinning, crashed into the side of a tour bus, and flipped the trailer over, which led to an entire block off the German highway. And we were still like seven hours away from the show that day, and we still made it and played the show, and everything was completely damaged, but luckily the gear was all right. But you have to imagine, it's like a four-line highway, and I found my guitars like 300 yards away from the actual accident on like the lane where you're overtaking. It was that bad. All the gear spread on the highway. When we toured with Saving Abel's, the housekeeper, for example, instead of making our beds, broke into a room. I guess he had the keys, right? And stole all of our touring money, which was like three, four, maybe five thousand pounds. Luckily, we found the guy and we got the money back. And he still got his teeth to this day. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just just many events like that. Uh, just on the last tour, one of the support bands, or oh, that's that's what we. That's what we expect. We we don't we know don't don't we don't know for sure. But someone actually drugged me, and I have I had like a blackout of six hours or something. Um, I just remember being on stage and you know waking up at like one in the morning in the bathroom, and I, I have no memory whatsoever. And just stuff like that keeps happening. And I, obviously, I mean, if you if you play like. 100, 200 shows a year uh, or within an album cycle, there's a lot that can happen. And, you know, we've had our fair share of experiences and we, we never we never backed down. We never stopped. We always kept going. And we're, we're a bigger band and a stronger band than ever before. And I, th- I feel like we write better songs than obviously we start, we, we did when we started. And, you know, we, we, get, we start getting a lot of traction and, and people will start relating to the message. And that's basically what the whole thing is about. Now, obviously, typically when a band has a new record out, they tour to support and promote that release. What, where were you supposed to be right now? It's late May, so probably we should have been back by now, back home in Europe. But yeah, we, we had a big tour scheduled with Trapped, with The Calling, Smile, Empty Soul, and Tantric in the US with like 20-something dates. And unfortunately, due to Corona, uh, that tour didn't happen. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can make our way back maybe late this or early next year and tour the States then because I've visited the United States, but I've never had the chance to play shows there and we can't wait. Anytime we have Americans at our shows, they're very excited and buy our merch and buy the album, buy the t-shirts. And literally every time we have an American at our show, every American that's at our show, you know, talks to us and tells tells us that he really likes the music. So I can't wait to actually tour the States. Now, you said you were supposed to have that tour with, with Trapped and the Calling and Tantric. That's been completely canceled. It's not been like postponed or anything. I mean, I, I think it's it's been officially postponed. Some dates have officially been postponed. We didn't get any info yet if that tour is actually going to happen. And, you know, with the current state, A, I'm not sure if the tour, I think they rescheduled it to late, late September, early October. I'm not sure if that's going to happen then because, you know, I have no idea what the what the situation in the States is, but it doesn't seem like big shows will happen in Europe in September. Uh, right. And then again, I'm I'm not sure if we're actually allowed to travel to your country for the oh, you know, yeah. travel, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. So let's see what happens. Um, whenever we get the chance to come over, we're the first to buy the plane tickets and fly over no matter what. We just want to tour and we just want to play to people. That's that's fair. Now, you're, you're free to, to decline to answer this, but I wanted to ask, I did see about touring with trapped and their their singer had been in the news a lot for a 
lot of stuff he said on Twitter. Yep. And I won't get too far into that. I just wanted to ask you what you thought about, do you think that that kind of attention is good, you know, in the, you know, any attention is good attention thing? Or do you think that that kind of hurts the band when you go off on Twitter like that? Honestly, I don't know. I, I haven't met him. I've heard stories, but, you know, I'm not going to comment on a guy without knowing him because that's that's not what I do um, in regards to the topics he's talking about. I mean, he, he seems very passionate about what he's talking about. And, you know, whether that's a good or a bad thing, I don't know. But I feel like the, the audience they draw and the audience they have, uh, that's kind of, you know, the beat political or, or life vision they have. So I feel like a lot of people kind of relate to what he what he's saying. I might not necessarily agree to everything he's saying, but, you know, I'm not agreeing 100% with everyone. So that's a fair thing. I mean, at least it, it's, it's gotten them back, you know, into people's minds. So I guess that's a good thing. But if that, you know helps ticket sales anything I, I have no idea all right that's that's fair enough now you had mentioned before your ep self-made fairy tale i noticed that everything i found about that referred to it as part one is there a part two forthcoming at some point yeah i mean uh part two was actually going to be what the unstoppable record you know ended up with that was going to be the part two of the ep originally the idea was to put out like a trilogy have actually three eps with like five to seven songs each because I feel like in this day and age, actual albums don't really have that much of a meaning anymore. It's so much, it's so song based. So we just wanted to have like, the, as I said, five to seven best songs we can make and put them out, toured for a year, put out the next EP and so on. But then when we signed to Pavement and then shortly after we signed to a German record label uh, called Seven Seven Us and Seven Hardest, their sub-label, you know, they, they wanted an album. And so instead of making it a seven song EP and call it part one, we actually made it unstoppable and did 10 songs. Maybe there's going to be a part two at some point. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's fair. You know, it's funny. The, the thing that sticks out in my mind with that is that the band Limp Biscuit at one point, they put out a, a EP it was called the unstoppable truth part one. And it took them yep. forever for part two to surface. I think that that did finally come out, but it right. took a long time. If you, if you ask me for part two, the songs that were intended to be part two are out at this point and you can hear him on unstoppable. Excellent. Excellent. And then I noticed on your Facebook page, there was mention of a, of a live album that would be coming out in early June. Where, where did this, uh, where was it recorded? Oh, that's actually out. We released that last Friday. Um, oh. so that, that album is out now, and we did record it in uh, Bochum, which is in you know northeastern Germany, and then sorry, not northwestern. My geography is, is way off right now. Um, we recorded some stuff in Berlin, in Paris, and in London, and it basically has the ele eleven songs that we played throughout the touring of the last six months. So the, actually, the ten songs that are on the record plus one more that was released in Fairy Tale, and yeah, that live album is out now, and you can stream it, I guess, and buy it on itunes and all those platforms all right excellent now the anytime that i have anybody on this show i always ask them how they feel about the current state of where the music industry is because it seems like these days you just mentioned like you could buy you can buy that album on, on itunes and so on yep. it doesn't seem like people it, it seems like it's hard to get people to buy music these days because everyone right. seems to think well i can just subscribe to spotify and then you know, bands make all their money at concerts anyway, so who who really needs to buy music? And I, don't know, I was just wondering how you how you felt about that. 
as far as the state of music and I guess also rock music and that sort of stuff, it's just, in my opinion, it should just have way more media attention. And that's that's basically the whole issue that's kind of starting it all. You know, if, if there's a certain genre of music, and I'm sure rock or hard rock isn't the only genre there, you know, people don't know about it. And if they can't know about it, then they can't fall in love with it. And if they don't fall in love with it, they don't stream it, which doesn't lead to album sales. So I think that's the that's the basic and big whole issue you have with that genre um, in regards to streaming versus album sales. You know, we were never a band that sold a, bunch, a whole lot of records in stores, you know. So we were always selling a lot of stuff at shows and then obviously through streaming. So it, it, I don't know what it was back then, you know, when bands sold tens and hundreds thousands of records. Right. Uh, I feel like with streaming, Spotify, Apple Music and all that stuff, especially YouTube, you can reach many more fans and hopefully actually win them over because I just realized it for myself. If I discover a new band or just hear an ad or hear the video on YouTube or whatever it is, I might not like right away buy the album because I don't know about the band too much. But with Spotify or I use Apple Music, I can just go on Apple Music, you know, save the album and actually listen to it. And I've discovered that a lot of bands that I, you know, discovered that way, I actually then ended up buying a concert ticket or actually ended up buying the physical album because I still like to, you know, own, own a CD. So it opens up a lot of more opportunities. It's just, you know, you have to find the right way to reach and engage with the fans. And a lot of people, also with that live album, because we're, we're selling the live album, we just have, a, a, like, I think a limited edition of 500 CDs that are all personally signed and numbered. And many people streamed the album the first day and then actually messaged us and was like, can we buy the album? Because we still like to have the album. So with true fans, they're always going to buy your stuff. And if it's a CD or if it's a T-shirt, it, does, it doesn't really matter in the end. And you can just reach way more people with streaming, hopefully, if you make good music and have good content. That's, you know, that's fair. I, I you know, I think some, who was it? I think it was... The bass when I had the bass player from Psycho Stick on the show, he had said that he really views streaming in a way, you know, where everything is streaming, and as far as not just music but movies and everything, he's like, by he's like, you have Spotify on your phone, and it's like, you know, you've got all the music ever not ever made, but you've got almost all the music ever made in your pocket. It's like having you know Netflix for music, you know. So I can see, you know, it's not while it's not my preference, I can definitely see where it is beneficial. You know, like you said, if it's done the right way, it seems like yeah. to me that the the labels and stuff kind of need to catch up as far as figuring out a new model for you know yeah. because like you said the old the old way doesn't really there's not people selling hundreds of millions at least not in rock anymore <laughs> yeah well hardly in any genre but then again uh, you have to view streaming that way that at least it kind of killed Ill illegal downloads so i don't right. think Illegal downloads are a big thing anymore because why would you? It takes more effort to illegally download a song somewhere than have Spotify on your phone. And at least that way, people get some money, get the views, get get the get the clicks. Maybe you follow them, so at least you can track it back and you know actually have an interaction with the fans and with the with the, with the fans of the music, which you didn't have with the illegal download. That was just you know out in the dark. Right, right. Now, the only other thing I have is is what's next for you in the band? Now, it seems like it's a great time to start writing new music since there really isn't anything else to do. 
Yeah, it's funny, right? We just released a new record, now can't tour and have to write another one. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we started, or I, I started writing some new songs and, you know, continuing on ideas I previously had that I couldn't finish or put down on paper, technically on, on tape, I guess, um, or on the computer um, while we were touring. So I'm starting to do that. We're trying to release a new video every week. Be that we just released a tour bus video we, we shot in the UK. I did a cooking video for some for some um, YouTube channel. We just released two pro shot um, live videos from that live record for a song called China Us and It's Okay uh, in Berlin and London. So we have like eight, seven or eight more songs to come for YouTube. Um, we filmed lots of tour diaries that we never used we just have the material so we, I, i'm gonna cut that and make like a little mini documentary with a bunch of episodes of like five to seven minutes each and you know we're just gonna put out content that way like every week every one and a half weeks and try to continue and entertain the fans we started planning the, the next germany and also uk tour for hopefully late this year so we just reached out to the fans and asked them where do you want to see us Surprisingly, there actually were a bunch of Americans asking for like Dallas, Texas and some places. So it seems like we actually do have some fans in traction in the US, which is great. So yeah, just starting starting to, to plan ahead and still put out content, stay in touch with fans, have a conversation and also write some new music. Excellent. Well, I mean, I, I definitely will say that, uh, you know, you've, you've made a fan of me. I, I listened to the album before the before I spoke to you and uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I do hope that once uh, the world goes back to normal, uh, you guys end up in, in New Jersey or in the New York City area. I'll definitely come out and, and say hello and, and catch a show. With, with pleasure. What, what, what do you think of the record? Did you, did you like it? I did. I did. And I noticed, and this is going to sound weird, but I noticed that, you know, there wasn't any mention in the, you know, lineup of like, this is who did what, you know, there was a, some, some electronics, some samples. It sounded like that I, I would imagine usually those in a live setting are, are, are turned on and stuff by the drummer, but this is going to sound like a weird, but who, who made them, who did, you know, who composed those sounds? Yeah. Most of them was me. Some, like some additional things, um, our producer came up with, but most of the arrangements, most of the songwriting, and as you said, most of the like synth patterns and, and programmed kind of things that that's usually what I do. And, um, just try to come up with a cool arrangement for the song and, uh, some, some nice and cool sounds that, you know, raise the production level hopefully to another level, and then our producer. Actually, we're co-producing it, and he's he's also mixing it, and mastering it. But he'll he'll come in at the end of what I did and just have a look, and you know, with his tens of years of expertise, looks at it and it's like, all right, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. So he kind of cleans it out a bit, and then every now and then adds a little little bits and pieces that he thinks should belong this but that was just that was just like two maybe three songs on the record we actually changed some things and it wasn't major but yeah m most of that stuff is my fault i guess <laughs> your fault <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny way to word that oh man well like i said i enjoyed the record uh, i can't wait to check you guys out and, and hope hopefully we can start doing shows and stuff sooner rather than well on one hand i want to say sooner rather than later because i go to a lot of shows but at the same time we want to do it in a way where everybody stays safe i know that all of the projections i've heard here in the u.s is that like live music and sports is going to be the last thing to come back they they they're starting to open events actually in what is it six days in austria but it's all you know events that would that have seated audiences so you know they skip one row and then every other seat the person can sit so they 
uh, they put out a plan with like next month uh, events up to 100 people, the next month up to 500 and up to 1,000. But it's all sitting and with the distance keeping. So it doesn't really help any live clubs because obviously they don't have seats. Right. It makes no sense to have seats. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's more like for theaters, musicals, cinemas. But, you know, it's a start, right? So if, if they have up to a thousand, and I'm not sure if they have any actual big theaters that can seat a thousand people with still keeping the distance, but that's a different question. But, you know, if that works out in August, I could see, you know, start having concerts with normal regulations start in september and then you know hopefully step it up with first 100 and a couple of hundred and a thousand and you know just yeah slowly but but surely uh getting back to normal so yeah i, I could I, see the us do the same thing just you know a couple of months behind because it's yeah, later for you also so yeah you know it's funny as i had tickets to take my kids to go see five finger death punch and that concert was supposed to be like two weeks ago yeah. and it got postponed at this point it's postponed in november and i'm just wondering if it's actually going to happen or not well i mean five fingers what like that that might be like a 10 15 000 cap venue right yeah it was like a big you know because it was supposed yeah. to be an early spring like amphitheater show right right i i doubt it i mean i could see like club shows you know up to 500 maybe late this year up to a thousand but bigger than that i doubt it to be honest well my kids got got the tickets as a christmas gift last year so if uh we end up getting refunded we'll just have to do something else for them right 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 but you know at least if if that actually was the case that that i expect to happen at at least it gives you know smaller bands uh you know a a big broad audience because that's the only shows you can go to so hopefully actually people go to these shows yeah i mean anything that gets people to shows i I hope that you know there's the you know once stuff opens up too you're gonna have people that sort of still hang back and you right. know, keep seeing the, the the memes on facebook like oh let's you know it's like well let's let the it's, it's sort of sort of of the attitude of like you know i'm gonna hang back and you will let the stupid people do the things first and and see how it goes <laughs> or you know if, you, if you're a band that's lucky enough to to, to draw a thousand or two thousand people just play five shows in a 400 club why not yeah i also like i do have to say i like what has been going on in the wake of this where where bands comedy show like like anything that was sort of a some sort of live entertainment has been moving online just to continue to be able to perform and entertain people yeah you know and then also with sports like my my dad watches nascar racing and uh you know i'm a fan of uh ufc and I've noticed that both of those organizations have started having events again, just with no audience at all, which you can't really do in a in a concert. But you know, it's oh, cool to weird. see that they've they've figured out a way to keep going. Yeah, you know, you you have to, you kind of you kind of have to, but especially with concerts, you know, the online thing. I mean, I guess it helps to stay in touch, but it it doesn't really help in growing your audience and making any money. And then again, I mean, I saw many many bands and acts started, you know, asking for money for these live concerts and stuff. And that that's a cool thing, but you know, I feel like it doesn't replace the feeling of a true live show. And then again, if I watch a live show, it's a bit different every time. The venue's different, the people are different. They play the songs a bit different, and maybe the set list is different, right? If, if I would just watch an online show, I can just watch that on YouTube. So I wouldn't really, unless it's a big actual concert production, maybe I'll check it out once, but probably not more times than that. So I'm not sure. I feel like it's a bit taken advantage of the fans. And I've seen I've seen bands like, for example, Adelita's Way, which I'm good friends with Rick, the singer. They're just doing those live streams and live concerts. And I've like, if you want to send any money over, if you like what we do, 
send it to our PayPal. If you don't, you can still watch it, and that's fine. You know, just make it on a you know voluntarily basis. But to to pay like fifteen twenty, or some people even charge like forty bucks to see a show that I can see on YouTube or even on my phone. I don't really see the point in that. That's just taking advantage and taking money out of other people's pockets. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't see the point in that. Right, right. And 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 shout out to Adelie this way. I, I I've talked to Rick before. I'm friends with uh, Andrew, their bass player. Great, great yeah. dude. Andrew, yeah. Andrew's actually been on the show before too. We could, we, I, I actually, when I when I was in the U.S. last year in November, uh, Rick actually invited me over to his house and showed me his new soon-to-be like little movie theater. I guess he's finished it now, and we were just talking about music all night and drinking white wine. So he's a, he's a great dude, and he's a very very nice guy. And yeah, I can't can't wait to see him again. And we, we're we're still chatting on iMessage every once in a while. So hopefully we we get to tour with Adelaide Sway at some point. We were gonna do actually a Europe tour with them a year or two ago, but for some reason that never happened. They, I think they had uh, obligations in the States or something. But yeah, the lead is way one of my favorite bands, or most favorite bands, and great, great guys. Hey, you know what? One more thing before I let you go, actually. What you mentioned that Elite is way what what are some other what is uh maybe some other bands that you guys have not had the opportunity to play with yet that you would uh, you'd like to? I mean, let me think. I my my all time favorite band is Shinedown. So I it's. I'd do a lot of things to be able to tour with Shinedown at some point because I'm just such a huge fan of their music and their lyrics and their show. And I've seen them live a bunch of times, so it's a great band. I'd love to tour with Falling in Reverse or Bring the Horizon. That would be really cool. Great fan of the new music, actually, and compared to many others that like the old stuff. But I actually do like the new songs way better. And yeah, those those would be great bands. Asking Alexandria the new stuff. That, that'd be cool to tour with them. Uh, Alter Bridge, Blackstone Cherry, you know, just to name a few. But yeah, that that would be real cool. Excellent, man. And those are all bands that uh, all bands, almost all of those bands are bands I've seen before, and all bands that I yeah. enjoy. So that would be that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Star, so. star set. I forgot Star set. I'm a big Star set fan. I've seen them too. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them live with uh, in this moment in Berlin on their first ever European tour back in 2015 or something, and no one had a clue who they were, but it was really cool. That was a cool show. That got me hooked. I feel like the first time I saw them might have been supporting Gemini Syndrome. I, I feel like, I feel like that was one of the first tours, which is funny because Starset is bigger than Gemini Syndrome now. Yeah, I think that they're. I think Gemini. I think they're in the process of getting their third record together. But uh, I'm actually going to be talking to their uh, former guitarist uh, in a couple hours, actually. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> but tell them we talked about them. <laughs> I I absolutely will. It was great to have you on the show. I want to want to thank you. And like I said, hopefully uh, when all comes back to normal, uh, I come check it check you guys out live, and I'll say hello. And yeah, man, with with pleasure. I'll I'll shoot you an email as soon as we have any tour dates in the states. All right, man. Sounds great. It's perfect. Cheers, man.
And from the album Unstoppable, that was Psycho Village with Shine On Us. I want to thank Daniel for being on the show. Uh, if you guys want to follow Psycho Village on social media, you can find them on Facebook at Psycho Village, on Twitter at underscore Psycho Village, and on Instagram at Psycho Village Official. You can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. If you have any ideas for content you'd like to see on the Patreon, please let me know. Uh, also, if you believe in buying music like I do, you can follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter at Industry Embers and post or tweet your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Uh, now, as for what's next for the show, as I've mentioned, the last couple episodes still have some stuff that's already been recorded. There's at least one more episode that's recorded and uh, just needs to be edited and released. should have that out sometime next week. Uh, I've got a couple of emails out for potential interviews. Uh, something that may be happening at the end of July. I don't know yet. Something may be happening within the next couple of weeks. Still waiting on scheduling. Still have some publicists reaching out to me looking to book interviews. So looks like we're going to have a steady stream of content. And even when there's not now, even when there's not new episodes, don't forget that we're also uploading the backlog of the show to the CKCC website, which is ckccradio.podbean.com. Um, because there's been a steady stream of new shows, I haven't sent them any of the uh, any of the past stuff in a while, and and I think it's going to stay that way as far as we're going to release only one episode a week, but. Uh, once I run out of new stuff, you, uh, we'll, we'll start uploading more of the old stuff onto there. You can find the first, uh, I think they have the first 14 episodes posted at this point, plus the new ones since I've since we've uh, partnered and they've started this, uh, this channel. So, you know, make sure to check it all out. Hopefully we can get everything on here by the end of the year. I, I hate having some of the stuff offline, and it's great that uh, Chris gave me the opportunity to... to put the older content and the newer content but all of the content on the ckcc radio so please go ahead and check that out again ckccradio.podbean.com i'm going to leave you guys today with another song by psycho village this is the title track from their album unstoppable this is unstoppable until next time guys